Our Father, we bless you this morning. We give you honor and glory and praise. We bring our worship to you. We honor you because you are greatly to be praised. Our Father, we ask that come and build your, build your throne, Lord, in our hearts this morning. I ask, Lord, by your grace and by your spirit, come and make yourself manifest. But you said you have not called unto Jacob to seek you in vain. Lord, we pray that this morning you will let heaven be open fully to us. Lord, to bless our souls. I ask, don't hide your heart from us. Open up your heart, Lord, to manifest yourself, to show yourself, to declare yourself, declare your glory to our heart. Don't make us spectators, passive spectators, but Lord, I pray, teach our heart the, the holiness, the culture of holiness and brokenness of your presence to tune into the Spirit to hear you speak. Thank you, our Father. I receive mercy from you. I receive help. I receive grace from you. I receive, Lord, it says you're the one who makes us able ministers of the New Testament. I submit, Lord, to the ability which the Spirit of God supplies in this moment, Lord, to bring forth your blessing into the heart of your people. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory and all the honor and praise unto your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good morning to you. Amen. Let's bless God for the worship team. Let's thank God for them. Thank you so much. Praise God. You know, they are also ministers of the gospel as well. And uh, we pray that the grace on you will increase more and more. Shapatali Manata Prapos Fantani Pashigetiva Rahata Pohos the Fatatalia Pantela Boradadoso Pali Agariate 
Frefaita, Fala Macanta, Boso Pranta Libasta, Fahaita, Fanahaita, Alafanta Laganta, Fahaita, Hata, Hata, Nighta, Hata, Nighta, Hata, Nighta, Alacanta Lighta, Pafa Fafanta Laganaita, Alapanta Tatania, Paso Preta Ligatania, Aye, Father's business, Father's business, Father's business. You've been about Father's business, not just with your bodies, but even with your heart. You are chasing my father's business. You've been chasing and sacrificing for my father's business. I am seeing your heart. I am seeing your heart. You are becoming a worship to me. I am raising you. I am pruning you. I am making you sharp threshing instrument of worship, of worship, of worship to my father. For you've been about my father's business. For you found your part even in the father's business. You found your part. You found your part. You found your part. For I will yet prune you. I will yet prune you. I will yet make you sharp, sharp threshing instrument even for your father's business. For to fulfill the father's heart. For to raise the father's kingdom. To raise the throne even in the heart. For to raise worship to come up. I am raising you worshippers. I am raising you a worship to your father for it is in his business you become a worship to him it is about doing his business that you become a worship that you become a worship for the father seeketh such he seeketh those who, who would worship in spirit and in truth for you've been about his business for I will yet prune you I would yet prune you I would yet make you make you make you make you an instrument an instrument on a sacrifice Sacrifice of worship unto me, for you are Lisa Prate, Ella Prototoso Preteliata, Fenaita, Fenaita, Fafate, Falafanta, Lipa, Atelisefanta. I bring help, I bring help, I bring help, I bring help, for there is help, help, help is available, help is available, for to behold, for to behold him, him, him at the right hand, at the right hand for there is help there is help for to exalt him for the things of the right hand the things the things the things the things of him who is seated who is seated at the right hand is opened is open it is open help is made available for to fetch for to fetch and to speak and to speak and to speak so I bring you help I bring you help I bring you help I bring you so much help. I bring you help. So host, 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 even the host, the host before the throne. We bring help. We bring help. For we are carriers of a message, of the message of him who is at the right hand. For to behold him, for to exalt him, for to make you see him, for to make you see him, for to make you come, even him, into come, come. Come, come into him. Come into him. Come into him. 
Come be like him. Come be in him. Come take your place in him. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. Come, come. I say come. I say come. I call you to come up. To come to sit with me. To come to sit with me. To come. To come. For it is a place supposed to pleasures. Pleasures. Eternal pleasures. Eternal pleasures. Eternal joy. Eternal joy. Gladness. 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 I want you to come. I come, come, come to you. To come to me. Come to you. To come to me. I bring you comments. Comments. Help to come up. To come. I bring you help. I bring you help. I bring help. Help to come up. To come to me. To come to me. To come to my joy eternal. Come to joy eternal. For I speak that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. I bring you glad tidings of good things to come. Gladness of art. I pour on you as I've been poured upon, says the Lord Jesus. Shapatabana Safati. 
Asita, Fahata, Felemakaita, Prahata Visa Prunta Tetania, Papa Sotolota, Precata, Venahata, Papa Stevata, Licastevante Tetania, Pronte Galiso Pratalia Fatania, Pretanita, Fali Costo Prete Tetani, Felamaita, Acasta Velamanita, Pro Ota, Preata, Fenaita, Fenaita, Felamanita, Felmanita, Elistofra, Efanta, Elicatata, Fali Costo preta tetania pastevata leproto anita for I have finished the father's business I have done all of his will all of his will and he has given me all of himself all of himself for my father and I we are one we are one for I am his express image and even the brightness of his person I am made in his image and in his likeness I am made in a form where I vary not and I change not for Lita for how he was the same yesterday today tomorrow and forever I am made even in that same manner I've been made I've been made. I've been made of the Father. And all things, all things, all judgment, all things that he had, he had given to me. For that is my garment. That is my robe. That is my garment. It is my robe. All things. All things God is me. All things God is me. I, Jesus. Even I, Jesus, who is set and sits with my Father in his throne. We are one. We are one. So we want you to be one with us. So I come. I come for he has given me all things. All things and I bring you help of the spirit to show you all things. To show you. To show you all things. Even all things that make me up. All things that make me sit. All things that make me higher than the heavens. All things that make me. Even the light. The light. The light. The light that shineth in darkness. The light that even shines that shines, that shines and brighten the new heavens and the new earth. I bring you, I bring you help for to see all things God, to see all things God, for the Spirit such at all things, even the deep things of God. So I bring you the help of the Spirit to search the bellies and to see the belly, for it is open, it is given, it is given, it is given, for I am a good, good God, to this so say that Jishoshota, for I have given you the spirit and I've given you the kingdom. For Lipatose, for Losa, follow, follow closely the spirit. Follow closely the spirit. Lepata, for even the Sososo, for through much tribulation, through much tribulation, you will enter the kingdom. It is by tribulation. It is by many, many, many tribulation. But fear not, fear not, for all things is greater, is more precious, is more beautiful than the tribulation that you may encounter but no you are not alone for even I the spirit bring to you the remembrance the remembrance of him that sits at the right hand for he has fulfilled and finished all things God that you may come and be seated and be joined with your head and be joined with your head and be joined with your head says the spirit of the Lord Hallelujah. Amen Father we thank you we receive receive from you, receive your, your words, your speaking thoughts this morning. Thank you, Father. Bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6. When he bringeth in the first begotten, thank you. Into the world he said, and let all, let all angels of God worship him. And of the angels he said, who maketh his angel spirit? And his ministers a flame of fire. A flame of fire. Thank you, Father. But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter, right, of thy kingdom. Thank you, Father. For thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, and therefore God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. To the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever. Thy throne, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter, thank you, Father, the scepter of thy kingdom. For thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore even God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above, above thy fellows. Praise Jesus. Um, thy, throne, thy throne is forever, and is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter. Praise God. So the scepter... Um, of righteousness is talking about the 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 token, the symbol, the 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 nature of the authority. Praise God! Hallelujah. The nature of the authority of the throne of Thy throne is for is what is scepter of righteousness. Hallelujah. Righteousness, a scepter of righteousness. So you see, righteousness being a, um, a, a an important element, important quality, or a, not just important, but the foundational, the found, the fundamental, um, the fundamental element of dominion of this particular dominion, right, which they are speaking about Jesus, that Jesus' throne is, um, has a scepter. The scepter talks about the authority, right, the, the authority of the throne of Jesus. It calls it a scepter of what? Of righteousness. So he's talking about a, a dominion that is built by righteousness, right? It's a kind of dominion of the throne, which is established by righteousness, that at the core of God's dominion, 
you will find that thing called righteousness. Do you see that? Um, now, it's not very common. We're not used to that kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, we don't, because we, 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 have, we associate dominion with power in the natural, praise God. Hallelujah. But in the spirit, um, the power, what we call power in the spirit, um, is not something that is brutal. Like power in the spirit has an essence. And then that, the essence that the essence of power, the essence of power in the spirit, the essence of spiritual power is righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. What did I say? The essence of what? Of spiritual power is what? It's righteousness. Any, any kind of manifestation of power that doesn't flow out of the, doesn't fountain from righteousness is not really powerful. It is, it is the, praise God, it is a, is a lie. Every power, every appearance of power that is not fountaining from righteousness is what? Is a lie. Is a lie. You see that God, the dominion of God is established in what? On the foundation of what? Of righteousness. And the thing is you cannot have God without having, without having his power. Right? You can't have God without having his power. The Bible speaks about those who have a form of godliness, but denying the word, denying the power thereof. They have a form of godliness, but doing what? Denying the power. So, but this, of course, that form of godliness that denies the power is not according to this type of, or the order of this man who God calls, oh God, amen. He calls him, oh God, oh, this old God is a type of God who, who is a God by righteousness. <laughs> Do you see that? He's a type of what? A type of God who is, who is a God by what? By the, the right, by, by a, his righteousness. He's a God by righteousness. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. You can't separate kingdom from power. Right in the Bible, you cannot separate what kingdom from power. You cannot separate power from righteousness. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the word glory. For how long? Forever and ever. So this 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 man this of this throne, who has a throne, who has a dominion forever and ever, he has a dominion. Who you see, be, to him be glory forever, glory forever, kingdom forever, his power is forever. That forever is talking about the that first everlasting, and then of course eternal, everlasting, and then what eternal nature of his dominion. So you see, the kingdom of God, the dominion of God has what I, I would just call it ever power. Do you know what I mean by ever power? I mean that is a dominion of ever. 
that the every every place where you find the throne of this God, you find an everlasting. It must it must have at least a kind of an ever power. When I say ever power, I'm not saying everlasting because you can have ever power that's everlasting. And then you can have ever kind of power that is not just everlasting, that has a higher quality, that's eternal. But when something moves from being everlasting to being eternal, it doesn't stop from being an, an ever entity. It's just an ever entity with what? A greatest kind of quality. Are you seeing that? Yes, what is the meaning of ever? Ever just means... It is, it means what? It, it has the power to continue. Praise God. It has the one. The ever means has the power to continue. We are, we are just speaking New Testament language. You know, these are the language of the New Testament. When um, Paul was writing in Hebrews about the priesthood of the old, old covenant, when he was fought, he said, the Lord maketh priests. Right, there's a, there's a way the law makes priests who cannot what, continue by reason of death. Amen. He make it a high priest. The Lord makes high priests which cannot continue by reason of, of death. But this man, that's Hebrews chapter 7. That's, who is this man? Of course, this man is the same person who Hebrews 1 is speaking concerning. Say, because, because he continueth ever. So now, then he has an unchangeable priesthood. So it's not just that they made him a priest and make him continue ever. They check him that this man continued ever. So because he continues ever, he has an unchangeable priesthood. A priesthood that cannot what, come to an end. A priesthood that cannot change. Are you seeing them? So uh, this man who continued ever, there's a secret to his continuation. Amen. That secret is after a power. Praise God. The Lord maketh high priests which have infirmity. Amen. Verse 28 of that Hebrew 7 quickly. Um, the Lord the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son, right, who is what? Consecrated forever. Which is consecrated. He's consecrated forever. You see, they keep bringing that word ever. Ever. His consecration is forever. Aaron was consecrated but Aaron wasn't consecrated forever. Because Aaron wasn't consecrated forever, Aaron had the changing priesthood because of death. Praise God. But this man has an unchangeable priesthood, right? Um, because of what was used to make him. Praise God. Then there's the other place where he spoke about him being made, not after the law of a carnal commandment, verse 16. Let's see. Um, let's see verse, quickly verse 14. Um, Hebrews 7, 14, it says, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah 
out of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And yet it is yet it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the word, the power of what an endless life. For he testified that thou art a priest forever. Hallelujah. Thou art a what? Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Glory to Jesus. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So this priest was made not, not after the law. When it says after the law, it's telling you by what pattern. What, say what did they look at to make him? Do you see that? That's after the law means when they were making Aaron, they had to look into the law which God gave Moses. And if they look into the law, the law actually cries out for a type of a priest. Praise God. Because every priest, every law has its priesthood. Praise God. What is priesthood? Priesthood is simple. Priest, a priest just means the custodian of a law. A priest is a what? A custodian of a law. Malachi was saying that, right, that the priest, the priest's lips should keep knowledge. And they should find what the, the law in his mouth. Malachi chapter 2, verse 7, for the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Glory to God. So, so, priest, so if a priest is designed to keep a law, they must make the priest after the law. Right? So the law that you want the priest to carry, you must design the priest according to the pattern of that law. So Jesus, when they were making Aaron, they looked at the law which God gave to Moses and said that, what kind of priest, what kind of man do we need to raise to, to carry this law in his lips? Hallelujah. Do you see that? What kind of what? What kind of man do we need to raise to do what? To carry this law where? In his, on his lips. So you, you see that lips are not ordinary in the spirit. Lips are what? They are not ordinary. Lips, especially you can play with any lips. There are two lips you shouldn't play with. Don't play with the lips of a prophet. Don't play with the lips of a priest. Do you see that? The lips of what? A prophet? The lips of what? Of a priest because such lips, are, they are not like the lips of ordinary men. Because the lips of a prophet and the lips of a priest are lips on a man who was raised to carry a law. So every, what makes the lip of a priest powerful is that when you hear a priest talking, he doesn't talk, he doesn't fetch into his own natural fountain. To speak, yes, there's another place, another repository of words which he, a priest can reach into to bring forth what utterance. Like when you go to the to tabernacle, you and then Aaron begin to speak. Amen. You find that Aaron has 
other things to say that are not from the economy of men or from the economy of the Israelites, from a different economy, from the economy of the law, Aaron can speak. And God will say, say unto Aaron, in this wise shall you say to blessed children of Israel, saying unto them, saying unto the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you and be what? Be gracious to you. Now, why, why does Aaron need to say this to Israel? It means God is saying that if he doesn't say it, I can't bless them. It's actually that simple. And then God did not tell Moses, Moses, go and say to Israel. He said, Moses, you tell Aaron, say it and his sons, go and say these things to Israel. Because Aaron and his son are the lips that God has raised for the speaking of the blessing, to release the blessing of the law. Hallelujah. To release what? To release the blessing of the law. God raised Aaron. God raised Moses. All the, the ordinances of consecration, right, which you see in the book of Exodus concerning those men, was God just taking time to give unto Moses the direction of how do you raise a man who can speak blessing? How do you raise a person who, when he begins to talk, things can move over the people? Do you see that? God said that there's a way we do it. We have, it has to be by specification. We'll tell you exactly what to do. When you've done this thing to Aaron and his sons, when they open their mouth and begin to speak, something begins to happen to Israel. It means that something about the lips of Aaron and his sons could move the forces of heaven. Do you agree with me? Heaven, when, when Aaron stands to speak, what happened? I begin to talk. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine because he's a man who has been raised after a law. Because he's been raised after that law. Amen. And his, his lips keep the law. Any law, lips that keep law will keep blessing. <laughs> Do you understand that? Every word, every lip that keeps law will keep blessing. When the Lord went to bless Israel, he didn't say, go and tell to Aaron, just be reading the law, even though he reads the law to them. You see that? And there's time for that when they come and the law is being read and spoken to the people. But when it's time to bless, it's not time to talk the law right now. Just pronounce blessing. Because your type of mouth this, the, every mouth that speaks the law can speak blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to Jesus. That, that will tell you that um, heaven, when I say blessing, blessing which they had was actually blessing of heaven. Do you know that? That was the blessing of the Israelite. The blessing of the Israelite was blessing of where? Blessing of heaven. Those people were not ordinary. In the wilderness, when they begin to move, heaven is moving. And God typified it, right? God typified it physically with a pillar 
pillar of fire by night, pillar of cloud during the day. That pillar is a pillar. When they say it's a pillar of cloud, it means that it's a cloud that comes down. You know, cloud is not a pillar. Cloud is a ceiling, right? Cloud is not a pillar. Cloud is a ceiling. When you look at the sky, you see cloud. They stay up like the ceiling. But God said, no, we're going to make the ceiling touch down. We're going to, from the ceiling, we'll create a pillar. Let it be touching down. It's, to, it's a sign of an enjoining of the earth and the heaven. Do you see that? It's powerful. That cloud is just there. It means to tell you that heaven touches down on these people. <laughs> that this, these people have a covenant with heaven. They have a covenant with heaven. They are, and because, and it's by virtue of their priesthood. So when Aaron speaks and he begins to bless them, the Lord bless you, the Lord and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. When he's speaking that, that kind of speech actually in the spirit goes out as a command to entities of heavens. You know, entities of heaven, what are heaven? Heaven just means the realm of blessing, right? Heaven is what? Heaven is the word. Heaven is the realm of blessing. And when you go into heaven, blessing in heaven is, is according to stratification. When you go into the tiniest heaven, has blessing. You know, the earth is not like that. For you to find blessing on the earth, you have to locate guys who have touched heaven. <laughs> and God designed it that way that for the earth to be blessed, Earth must have something to do with heaven because heaven is the storehouse of blessing. And the storehouse of blessing is in heaven is for to be able to bless the earth. God created an earth realm and said, Earth, you have blessing, but I will, I will move all your blessing into heaven. And I will, as if you can do well concerning heaven, if you can please heaven, the, 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 the storehouse of heaven. The windows of heaven will, will open up and do what? And pour down the blessing. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm, saying, what I'm saying to you? So I said all of heaven, heaven are designed according to what? Cadres of blessing. Psalm 103, bless the Lord. All you what? His angels that excel his strength who are hearkening unto the voice of his command and all of those things. Bless the Lord, you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Amen. Bless you, the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Are you seeing that? Those are talking about the, the realms of blood. Oh, my soul is not earth. Oh, my soul is where they put Adam. You know, God also made Adam a man of blessing. Adam was actually, is a man, is an earthly man who had office in heaven. Do you see them? They gave him, Adam had his own office in heaven. That office in heaven was, it's the realm, a realm of, of earthly kind of blessing. Praise Jesus. Are you seeing that? Glory to God. Do you agree with me? If God didn't make Adam a, if God didn't make Adam her, to have a, a position in heaven, he will not be able to retain blessing. 
right, to, to, to trap blessing in his soul. He wouldn't be able to hold blessing in his soul if God did not make, you know, God made them after, in his image, after his likeness, and God blessed them. Bless them. Be fruitful. Multiply. I know. Said all those things to them. Praise Jesus. Now, so heaven is a place of blessing. When the Israelites were moving in the wilderness, they were, they were moving according to their tie with heaven. The, what separated Israel from other nations was what? The tie with heaven. Tie blessed. God has blessed. It means that priesthood is an is a is a, like it is a design is a provision of blessing. Anytime you hear priesthood, there's aspect of taking away sin, but taking away sin, the dealing with sin is the provisional ministry of the priesthood. That is for it's just a way to deal with a problem that broke out. You see that sin was a problem that broke out at some point. God said, okay, we will add to the job title of priesthood, dealing with sin. But after all sin has been dealt with, there's still something called priesthood that has nothing to do with sin. Actually, priesthood is a profession of blessing. Do I make sense to you? Priesthood is what? Priesthood is a profession of what? Of blessing. What is in hidden in the priesthood is knowledge of blessing. Secret of blessing. The secret of how to navigate the, the realm of blessing. The knowledge of the priesthood is beyond knowledge of sin. It's actually the knowledge of access. Priesthood, first of all, is really access. The reason why sin must be dealt with is because sin stops access. Do you see that? Because sin stops access. That's why, that's why to deal with sin, God put dealing with sin is under the profession of access. Right? That the profession of access is the profession of priesthood. And God said that we will, you will build, you will be the one to deal with sin because sin blocks what? Access. Access to what? Access to blessing. The purpose of priesthood is for the what? Is for access to what? To blessing. Access to blessing. When God gave Israel priesthood, Israel became so, so blessed. Blessed beyond being cursed. That was what Balaam discovered. Balaam, Balaam has seen all kind of nations before. He has never seen a nation like Israel. A, 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 a nation that is blessed beyond being cursed. Praise God. Do you see that? A nation that's what? Blessed beyond what who God has blessed. Nobody can cause who what God has what has blessed. The only way that they could do it later is cause them to sin. And he gained wisdom because he also is a priest. He's a priest who has knowledge of access. That this, this nation has access to blessing in the spirit. To cut them off, you have to teach them to commit what fornication. Praise God. He had taught them to to touch the unclean thing, praise God, and then to cut them off from blessing. You see that? So, so law, every priest is, is raised according to a law, right? 
And the law that raised the priest is, the, is actually the power behind the, is the power behind the, 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 the leaps of the priest. Right? It's, the power, it's because of the law that raised the priest is that law that is making the priest's leaps powerful. Amen. Amen. So when so Jesus, now I think the first time we saw a priest in the book in the Bible was Melchizedek. Like somebody who they explicitly call is actually a what? A priest. Right? He's a king, but he's also what? He's a king who is also a priest. King priest. Say king priest. The king priest identity is what, is what Hebrew was trying to uncover about Jesus, right? The king word, the king priest identity, the king priest identity. That's what Hebrew was trying to, what, to, to explain about Jesus. A, a priest who is a king or a king who is a priest. A priest who is a king is a priest who has dominion. And it's the same thing. He's a priest who has dominion. He's a king who has priesthood. Are you seeing that? Do you know that no nation, no dominion on the earth has this qualification? He's talking about a kingdom or a dominion whose power is its priesthood. Do you see that? A dominion whose power is what is, is, that was a type of what God was introducing to Israel in the wilderness. Other nations, their dominion comes from their, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, right? They trust in all of that. Pharaoh with all his chariots and horses, God drowned them in the sea. Why? God sent a priest. It was king versus priest, Pharaoh and Moses. But Moses wasn't just a priest. Moses was a king with a rod. How do you know he's a king? He had a scepter, and that scepter, God was, was walking. You're right, it's rod versus rod, right, at the end of the day. So you saw the rod of Pharaoh. He brought out his own rod. Then Moses brought out his own rod. Moses' own rod is not just the rod of a king. His rod is a strange rod. Right? It's a rod that has a tie with heaven. <laughs> the other one has tie with magicians. You know, I know the problem with magicians is that they, they can perform but the thing they perform is not real. <laughs> it's not real. But so it, they are, when they, they put down their own rods and all of that, they became what? Serpent. But those serpents are not really serpents. You just need a real one to show up. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So Pharaoh, 
Pharaoh was a king, but he wasn't a king in Moses' time. And God did not need Moses to have a throne and the regalia of a king. Moses was just a king strolling around the wilderness, walking around the wilderness. Are you seeing that? The, the type of dominion that God brings, and God, the Lord kept showing this. He kept showing it in different ways. In fact, in God's mind, Israel might have never had a king. They would have had a king but not have, without having it. Do you see that? You know, that's how God started with them. They just had judges, and God was okay. So it doesn't mean that they don't have a king. The point of having a king is having a dominion. And it's clear Israel had a dominion. But it was a dominion of judgment. Are you seeing that God was okay? As long as we have judges in the land, right? Because judges are types of priesthood. They are like extension of priesthood. Judges are those who are priesthood who are able to do the side that faces the people. Do you see that is a judge? Every judge is actually a priest, but a judge is a people facing priest. Because priesthood has this different dimension. There's a part of priesthood that faces God. There's a part of priesthood that faces what? That faces people. Glory to Jesus. And the wisdom of Jethro was Jethro who explained that to Moses. That Moses, you want to kill yourself. This is your, your priesthood. That you can, it's very, very easy. You can do the hard side and raise people to do the easy part. You see those elders, those rulers, those judges which he raised in Israel, those were actually extension of his own kind of priesthood. So when he faces God, he does the God side. And he's able to translate that to the other people who can face the people. But the judges are more in Israel. Those people were extension of a type of priesthood. You see that? So it means that in God's mind, when you have judgment in place, judgment just means the effective righteousness. Judgment is righteous. Once you have righteousness in place, God is okay. God doesn't need a symbol of a king. But Israel began to cry for it because they look at the Gentile nations. So it means that Israel did not understand their type of priesthood or their type of dominion. That was the failure of Israel. Israel did not understand their own kind of dominion. In the wilderness, when they were fighting battles, other nations, they have kings. I know that was what Israel was lusting after. They have kings who lead them out to battle. And that's what they're asking God. That we have nations, amen, who, glory to God, that's First Samuel verse 8, says, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons. He was talking to Samuel, that was the prophet. Amen. And walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the world nations. Verse 6. But this thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have done what rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Verse 8. It says, According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, ever unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me, and then was served other gods, 
so do they what? Also unto what? Unto thee. Praise God. Let's go on. And now therefore hearken unto their voice. How be it yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. He now began to explain that, that if, you, if you select a king outside my own, my own kind of vision of king, that that king will, will, he will reign not in righteousness, but rather that king will be a domineering entity, right? That will be, he will be a user of men. He will not be a blesser of men. He will be a user of men. He will be someone who, he will know what, when he sees your sons, he know what to do with them. When he sees your daughters, he's what? He's sharp concerning them. He, he sees them as your resources. See, human resource. That's an evil term, right? An evil word. <laughs> now human resource. He said he would take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and be and to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariot. He would know he will apportion them. He knows exactly what to do with all of them. Verse 12 quickly. And he will appoint, he will appoint him captains over thousands. He will begin to arrange them. Captains over fifties. He will set them to air his ground, to reap his harvest, to make his instrument of war, an instrument of his chariot, verse 13. And he will take your daughters, to be confectionaries, means they will all be cooks, bakers. <laughs> to be cooks and to be bakers, yes. Verse 14, and he will take your fields and your vineyard and your oil, your olive yards, and even the best of them, and give them to his servants. Verse 15, and he will take up the tent of your seed. He will start collecting your tithe and of your vineyards and give them. You know, it's tithe. Taxes, that's what he's talking about here. And give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your manservant and your maidservant and your goodliest young men and your asses and he will put them to work. And he will take the tent of your sheep and, will, and they will be his servants. And you shall cry out in that day because your king which you have all chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in what? That day. See, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. Hallelujah. This was God's people. They rejecting heavenly prototype of dominion. Rejecting what? Heavenly what? Prototype. There is a, a heavenly sense of dominion. Which is different from the earthly type. Praise God. They, like in, his, in, the, in the wilderness, Israel saw that it was God's dominion versus dominion of nations and their kings. All the nations had, were like this. They had the horsemen. They had all the, those who are you know, riders, those who walk with feet. They had all the armies and the king. And God defeated all of them. All of them. All Israel had was just dominion of priesthood. Amen. Amen. Dominion of what? Dominion of priesthood. So this thing, rejection of God's kind of dominion is a sign that man has fallen. 
Do you see that? That's the sign that man has fallen. Man it is, is actually is man's weakness to be to be subject to invisible order. Or not just invisible, but spiritual order. Right? Weakness concerning, that's just a summary of what sin did. The fall of man was just simple weakness about what? The invisible. Weakness about what? The invisible. Weakness about the invisible manifests in different ways. Number one, you, 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 you stop seeing the invisible. You have difficulty to see the invisible. That's the first side. The second side is that you begin to see the visible very well. You begin to see the word visible very, like Adam. After eating, what happened? Just checked himself. Oh, Kai, this is how we have been moving around. Now, what stopped Adam from seeing his nakedness? Is that something was covering him? So people say the glory of God covered him. Ah, I agree. But in a way, I don't agree. Because the Bible didn't tell us that as soon as he sinned, glory departed. He was still in the presence. A lot of, when it comes to what was how around him, all of those things did not change right away. You get what I'm saying? But something happened inside of him. So he, he said, when he checked and he saw that they were naked, he was talking about awareness dropped from a particular, you get what I'm saying, from a place that, it means that initially they were so keyed in to the invisible. So keyed in to the spiritual. They were not conscious about their physical, their outward, what you call nakedness. Do you see that? Now, do you know that you can say their body was naked, but it's not really, when the body is naked, when you say someone is naked, it's not really the body does. The body is naked, but the body doesn't care. Am I naked or not? How do you know? Check animals. <laughs> Have you ever seen an animal that's looking for cloth to wear? No, they're okay. So really, nakedness, is, the body doesn't really care. It's the soul that feels nakedness. Are you seeing that? It's what? It's the soul. It's the soul that's looking for cloth. Is it so? That's look this one, we like this one. Oh, well, this is the reigning one. Who is, who, is, who is saying that? Is the soul. The soul is looking for. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So there is the soul at some point saw the body as not naked. After a while, he saw the body as naked. And he began to look for covering. You see that? It's because of an awareness, something has dropped from the soul. The soul has dropped in his in his perception what it likes. Now, do you know that this desire for, for an, a, an, an outward ephemeral kind of dominion is because of that fall. You see that? Because every dominion has, especially in the natural, has a kind of promise of a covering Covering, or you can call it security. So Israel got to a point where when they look at nations and their kings and their armies and all that, then they now check and see Samuel. Hey. 
then they begin to have visions of invasion, right? Imagine our nation gets invaded now. Kai, did I see Samuel and his okay, at this day, guys? You understand? Is this what's going to save us? It's fear, lack of security. They couldn't be secure in just Samuel and his prophetic ways. They, could, they didn't believe. Like in the wilderness, imagine them looking at all those Priseron and his sons when guys are coming with horses, chariots, and all of that. <laughs> and God was bent on teaching them that lesson. That's why he sent one man, Moses, with a rod to go and bring them. And Moses had to preach to them that, can we go, can we? And then it took them time before they all left, you know, to agree everything and start going to follow that man. Because in their mind, they were thinking, Kai, if... <laughs> because they came from Egypt, they knew what is in Egypt. <laughs> then when they got to the Red Sea, hey! <laughs> They say, who has bewitched us? <laughs> God saved Moses, eh? Because <laughs> he knew the Egyptians are coming. But I'll tell you that that's the training God was. God, right from day one, God started giving them that training. God didn't say, go and tell Jethro, gather armies. Go. No, 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 God didn't do that. Just go. Just go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That's how God, that's how God speaks. You just send one non-entity, go and start talking. Go and talk. We say, but I am a stammerer and all of that. You know, they say Moses was a stammerer and was meek, but he's also a man that was mighty in word and in deed. So it means that the might of his word is not in his eloquency. The might of his word is in the backing. Behind the wall. Let's say he stammer and stammer and finally get one phrase out. Hey, you're like, what kind of man is this? And before he finished talking, all that guys have spoken 10,000. But then when he finishes that phrase, one phrase of Moses can move armies of heaven. So they said that he was mighty in word and word. And indeed, we were just talking with Pharaoh, just asking Pharaoh this or that. Pharaoh will argue. Pharaoh was stubborn. You get what I'm saying? And just by every time you come to Pharaoh and Pharaoh refuses, what will happen? Heaven will unleash something. <laughs> heaven, and you know how heaven was? Heaven, did, because heaven is a master of the earth. If you can't see, fight with everything, don't fight with heaven. Fight with every kind of man. Don't fight with somebody who heaven is backing. Because when you are fighting with heaven, you are fighting with the whole earth. Because heaven can wake up forces from the earth. Heaven has armies on the earth, like locusts. Just begin to began to enlist them. You understand what I mean? You now discover that there's an army on the earth that all the army of Egypt cannot fight. And those locusts are wise. It's their crops he went for. He didn't go for. <laughs> so you see a mighty soldier with all his weapons of war. When he hear the news that all his crops are gone, he'll break down and start crying. 
Because the armies of heaven have moved. Touching the Nile, water becoming blood. Praise Jesus. And the final one was that, they call it the angel of death. Angel, just, you get what I'm saying? It was just heaven that was fighting Egypt. Heaven had had a siege on, on Egypt. Glory to Jesus. But the, the Israelites didn't believe, and this is the, the problem of the Israelites. No matter how much act you show to them, this is one thing you must know. No matter how much act you, so, you show to a profane soul, you can never answer the insecurity of a profane soul. Right? You feel like, ah, let's just demonstrate very well. Let God show all the power. God will show everything. After some time, the soul will, the soul will not believe. God did it yesterday, but will he do it tomorrow? There will still be a doubt in the heart. God has brought us this far. Can he take us there? Can he continue? After some time, they got tired. They got tired. Israel got tired of spiritual method. They got tired. They got tired. It's not every time looking into the invisible, the invisible. Can't we have armies? Can't we have weapons? Can't we have defenses like other nations? Why must we be naked when there are nations? And these guys hate us. Why must we be naked and every time looking at a prophet for help and for direction? Weakness. Weakness. When it to depending on invisible provision. Now, last one thing. If a soul is not healed from this, a soul will not prosper when it comes to spiritual dominion. Dominion of the word of the spirit. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Are you seeing that? That's God's way. God's way. God, God wants the earth to depend on heaven. That's just the, if you want to take what is really God's thing, what is his problem with men, it's just that we want to disconnect from heaven at all costs. We just feel we can build, let's build settlement, build everything, let's build our security. Build, that's what Cain began to do. Now, Cain, the biggest problem of Cain was that his feeling of nakedness overwhelmed him. Right? That was the weakness of Cain. Right, his feeling of what nakedness did what overwhelmed him. He felt so naked. He felt we must build things. Let's secure our life. Let's secure our things for generations to come. Let's build cities. Let's establish things. You know, it's not just cities he built. He started pumping out children. Everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? Everything that means security, establishment, Cain began to do. A fresh anointing came on him of sin. You know, may sin not anoint you. Yeah. One of the signs that sin has anointed you, you become a problem solver. When, someone, when sin anoints somebody, they start solving problems. Right? They start solving problems. 
but they can never solve spiritual problem. It's always what? Natural what? problem, like Cain, thinking about posterity, thinking about everything. Cain was thinking of his retirement. He was thinking about the retirement of his children and children, building defenses and all of those things, pumping out kids. And then, but on the other line is set, God will leave him for decades, nothing like children, nothing. And he will, he will feel some nakedness. But when he's feeling naked and he's looking for children, the, his father, he, he, because Adam must have read, after Adam ate, then because he's still in the presence, the presence, he, he then began to interpret what he has eaten with the light of the presence of God. That was the safety of Adam. And, it's what, and that is what Cain left. The moment Cain left the presence of God, which he did, Cain was helpless. He didn't have, he was carrying a disease around. He didn't have anything to interpret sin. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? And if you are carrying sin, you need to run to the presence of God. You need to race with your life into the presence of God. Praise God. Brian, where's Brian? This is your tongue. Shuvreta, even oste, prohibent, fecilios, the praodios, the hush, fecilios, carita, carlonte, fios,
I do am I kia siesta ketio prahantie kalian toria dante liatesi seprianka te praintio kamain de liangoria bante liatosiante ebriantos die kanta librandia kalibrende geligena mahatosi I bring a new way. I bring a new way. I want to establish a new way. A new way. It's a beginning way. A beginning way. A way from the beginning. This is how it was from the beginning. I bring the beginning way. I'm bringing beginning way. A beginning way. A way back to the beginning. A way back to the beginning. A way back to the beginning. I want to make you a beginning man. I want to make you a beginning man. Bring you back to the beginning. How things ought to be. How things were set to be. How I Adam was supposed to be how Adam was. I want to make you. I want to make you a beginning man. I'm bringing you back to the beginning. This is your way to the beginning. This is your way back. This is your way back to me. This is how you find your way back to me. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. Come to me. This is your way back to the beginning. It's your way back to the beginning. It's your way back to the beginning. Oh, back to the beginning. Come to the beginning. See it, the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Men on Otta, Esther, any Etta, Etty, F, F, no, F, 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 of Everesto, Palano, 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 Fadano, Heaven. Heaven is plotting a great escape. A great escape. Escape. Escape out of the prison. Prison where seen, where the enemy has kept. Kept man. Say so with, with every temptation, it will make a way of escape. A way of escape. Escape is always by a way. A way. There's a there's a great way of escape. Man, we need to escape. Escape back into the presence of God. To escape. The word escape. 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 Okay, it's actually the... An, to, I'm seeing escape like an exodus. From, I, from a, a landscape. From a, from a, a tedious, curiously interwoven and, you know, difficult, mysterious landscape. You know, imagine someone gets lost in the jungle and you don't know your way back home. That's where sin has, what sin has done. Sin has taken when all men have lost to make us lost. It didn't just take us far away. He made sure we were lost. Because he has designed the terrain of, the, of where he's taking us into that. If they leave you, you can't find your way back. 
right? But, they, but God will make a way of escape. Escape is via a way. It's not an open road. The way has to be programmed in you. He's talking about an inward compass through which every soul you will, when you follow that compass, when they begin to raise the compass, the compass of escape within your soul, and you follow the compass of escape, you just keep moving according to a way. You keep moving and moving until one day you will break into the presence of God. Amen. That's the, that's the way of escape. The way of escape is a way that's designed against sin. Is a, a way that is greater than every temptation. Every temptation. No, every temptation. Temptation. The word temptation is actually a work of wisdom. Right? In other words, to tempt you, I can't tempt, tempt you blindly. If I want to tempt you blindly, what I will bring might be something you are not interested in. I, so I, I, I can't, it won't be tempting to you unless there is a kind of a wisdom about that thing. Right? You see that the world is a world of temptations. What are temptations? Things that come to you, that know you, that appeal to you. You see that? It knows you. It what? It appeals. It knows you. It knows you personally. Right? Personally means that it can, it knows about your specific weaknesses and appetites. It knows all of those things. And the enemy has not designed all those things in this world. They, no, that's what we call the world, general sense, the world. Everybody's in the world. But what we call the world really, actually, the world lives inside everybody. And the world in you is not the same as the world in you. It's not the same as the world in you. It's not, the world is a customized product. Right? That when you say custom made, uh, you get what I mean? What is custom made? It's the same thing. You walk into a store, we make suits here. You see the material. You've seen that suit on somebody before. You show you the material. This is what you oh, nice material, clean material. You say, do you like it? You say, how much? You say, you do the bargain. You say, come, let's take your measurement. I mean, they won't give you somebody else's own. You have to take your own measurement for you, for you. That's how the world is. The world is not just something that we are all sharing. It's, it has that sense to it. it means it's, it's the same fabric. But the shape is different. And that's the power of Satan. Amen. Thank God. He said, we are quickened. We once were dead in trespasses and sins. When you once walked according to the, what, the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, then he says the spirit. So he's the prince of the power of the air. He's also the spirit that walked in the children. That, that walking in is different. You can interpret him in the air. That's one thing. And the gospel will do that. But that you must then be able to interpret his walk in, in you. That's the difficult side of it. You, just, you, know, so you can have preachers who preach against the prince of the power of the air, but they don't know anything about the spirit that worketh in them. Ministry and levels. Are you getting what I'm saying? Pre 
precepts can describe the prince of the power of the air, but it takes more than precept to, to, to describe, to, to have a vision and to see him that walketh in the children of disobedience. He has the power to convert that thing he's doing in the air. The word prince means the holder of dominion. Right? He has a dominion in there. That's the, how the Bible, thank God for people like Paul, like Peter, the New Testament, who were able to explain. You know, the Old Testament doesn't explain Satan at all. It didn't explain Satan anywhere in the Old Testament because the, the law does not know him. All the law knew is Amorites, Philistines, you get what I'm saying? Og of Bashan, Sihon, all of those kings. That's all the law knows. The law does not know Satan. The law doesn't know Satan. It took the New Testament to begin to explain him. And when you read the epistle, it shows him from two dimensions. They show him from his office. And then they show him in men. When, they, when you read the New Testament, that's how you can never know the Bible, or you can't know anything about being spiritual if you don't know the New Testament. It's through the eye of the New Testament you now begin to understand everything about the Bible. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That adversary, that we call him adversary, the devil. That Satan adversary, he has a dominion. The Bible, New Testament, explains his dominion. He's a, he's a prince of the power of the air, right? He has a dominion. Right in the air, but you see, Paul began to now show from Romans that he reigns in men. There's a way in which he reigns in men. There's the power of his reign. When you see him in the air, he's the devil and Satan. When you see him in man, he has another name. The name in man is not dragon. Dragon is the air flying creature and all of those things. Or serpent. That's not how he is in man. He has a name in man. The name of Satan in man is called sin. Sin. S-I-N. S-I-N. Then Paul began to explain. See that one called sin is a ruler. He's a ruler. He's a reigner. He has dominion. That sin should not have dominion over you. To break the dominion of sin. That's the great deliverance of the gospel. Now imagine the journey that had, Jesus has to take Paul on a journey of revelation. To see what, what is actually. I know Jesus kept, Jesus saw it the whole time. Paul says he knew what was in men. He committed not himself to anybody because he knew what was in them. He knew what was in them. He could see it. He could see it. Seen. Seen in men. He knew all men. And needed not that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Something in man is a reigner. He came in. Amen. He found his way, what? He found his way in. We first saw him at the door. You know, when the Lord was speaking to, to Cain at that time, he says, If thou doest well, Shall thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at thy So here, and then said, Unto thee shall be his desire. And it says, Thou shalt rule over him. This is one great mystery. 
You know, when Jesus was talking to him, God, sorry, was talking to Cain, God, God was explaining to Cain what has happened to him. What, what God is saying here, he's not, trying to, he's not preaching a message to Cain now. Cain, repent. It's not that, you know, God was just asking him questions. He has already done something. Say, so where is thy brother? Which brother? I'm my brother's keeper. God already knows that. He knows where this guy has gone to. At the point when Cain was talking, the sin wasn't at the door. Sin has entered. He has opened the door. Sin has entered. Sin has sat. Right? Sin was already rolling. But God was just explaining to him to tell you, I know. I know what has happened to you. This is, and because the reason was because, let's go back to verse, because this was the, the, the answer that God gave to him. Verse 6. Go back. God, and in place of time, it came to pass that Cain brought forth the fruit of his ground and an offering unto the Lord. Let's see. Verse 4. And Abel, and Abel, he also brought of the firstling of the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. Verse 5. And unto Cain, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And then Cain was very wrath, wrath and his countenance fell. So you see that. It's clear at the point when it was time for accepting offering, something already happened to Cain. It's not because, it's not because Cain killed his brother that God rejected him. God rejected him before he slay his brother. The reason why he slayed his brother is because his, his deeds... His works were what? Evil. See, not as Cain who was off that wicked one. That wicked one is sin. You can call him the wicked one. The wicked one means the twisted one. The, the right there is the devil. And he was so Cain was of him. For Cain to be of him means he has possessed Cain. Cain was, has become his property because Cain has opened the door to him. And wherefore, why did he slay him? Because his own works were evil. They call it his own works. That, that Cain became, was an owner of works. He had works which sin had what? Given to him, has taught him. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So when God was speaking to him in that Genesis, right? He says that... and. Uh, he had no respect unto him, and the Lord said unto him, Cain, why art thou wrath? And why is thy countenance fallen? Verse 7. And if thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin does what? Lie it at what? The door. And then unto thee shall what? Be his what? Desire. And thou shalt rule over him. When he's saying that sin lieth at thy door, and he says, unto thee, shall be his what? Desire. It means that sin has a desire for you. Right? The word desire, desire is very, very specific. Right? And let me tell you something. Desire is specific. Then, when they say door, you know it's not easy to get to the door of heart. Yes, sir. Do you agree? Yes, I want to prove to you, only New Testament will make you understand that at this point, Cain has been doing things since. When sin has 
has arrived at his door, seed can't arrive at anybody's door on day one. When Adam ate the fruit, sin was not at his door. His door of his heart was still far. <laughs> sin, he must be doing things. And things, but when you are, when you are that's what they call committing sin. The, the committing of sin is you are buying into a commitment. You get what I'm saying? When you commit sin, you are committing to sin. Yes. To commit sin means to do what? You are committing to sin. Every time you, are, you commit sin, you are telling sin concerning this area, I have agreed. Then sin will say, you have agreed. I will step in there and I will stay here. Then sin will now say, okay, can you go further? Right? And how can we go further? Sin will say, I need more commitment. How can you say, how can I, how can I get more commitment? Can you commit to doing this? When you do what sin describes. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's clear that sins are the, is the way, instrument, that sin gets commitment from the soul. That's the danger of committing sins. When you commit sins, you are committing to sin. That's how sin gained ground. So Cain kept, it means Cain must have been committing. He said, if thou doest well, would that not be accepted? It means you've not been doing well. We've been watching you. You've been giving commitment to sin until sin landed at, at your door. Now, that, uh, being at your door is a very far place. How do I know? We read it in Revelation chapter 3. That church. And I, I took time to explain to you where that church was. It's not new, freshly born again or just and go beginning sanctification. No. That church has gone far. How? Jesus was at the door. The door. There's, a, there's something called the door of the heart. What we call the door of the heart is talking about the door of the throne room in his soul. Is the what? Is the door of what? Or is the, it's talking about the door to deceit. You know that's what sin is interested in. How do I know? When you go back, and he's talking about rule there. Remember, let's go back to that Genesis. That the reason why he lied at thy door is because his desire, unto thee shall be his desire, and then thou shalt rule over him. But you see, and you see this thing. It explains something that every time, this is a secret to understanding dominion in the spirit, or Satan's kind of dominion. He's explaining Satan's kind of dominion. He's talking about his appeal. That, and it's also the way that, check it, how does sin by commandment? Sin, so by commitment. Sin always comes to you as a tool, something you can use. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever been tempted by something for us? I'm completely worthless and I'm completely useless, but do me. Have you ever felt that kind of temptation before? If you do me, you won't gain anything, no. I'm talking about how you feel. You feel that if I do this thing, there's nothing here for me. There's no pleasure. There's no advancement here. There's no, not, it can't benefit me in any way whatsoever in my, in my natural life. 
but, but I will do it anyway. No. No. Check everything that's, called, that is, that's a kind of sin that you commit. It's because it, promise, it has a promise of use. In other words, sin masquerades as a servant. Do you see that? Sin what? Masquer- if he doesn't come as a servant, you will be afraid. You run away. If sin comes and says, I'm sin, I've come to the rule over you. Ah, no, me. I'm not. I'm not looking for someone to rule over me. I'm born again. I have already. I have a Lord. I confessed Him. By is my Lord and Savior. You understand what I mean? Sin doesn't come and say, "I'm, I'm going to rule over you." Come. No, no, no. Sin. Sin wouldn't tell you. Can you do something for me? That's not really the way He will say it. Sin will just will say, "How can I serve you today?" He will say that. I understand your problem. These are the things you need to get solved. All I'm, I'm just bringing to you a way to solve it. I'm just showing you something you can do. It's sin always offers itself. Take, ride me. Rule over me. The word rule over means, means use me. Use me. That's that's sin. If you can use anything, you can use me. That's sin song, right? I want to be an engineer. Use me. I want to be. I want to have a best professional. Use me. I want to be the greatest preacher, the greatest winner of souls, or whatever sin sin will still come. Use me. I want to go to heaven. Use me. Wow. Lord, I want to do your will. See, you say, use. There is nothing you ever want to do that sin will not say, use me. There is no, there is no spiritual thing you want you think of doing. That sin doesn't have a way to do it. I just, I, know, I just want to show love. Sin will say, use me. <laughs> so it means that what is sin? Sin is a utility instrument. That is, I'm talking about the brand. How Satan branded sin. The brand of sin. The sin, is a, is, sin should be that thing that men are using. Nations use it. Nations, you, nations use sin that they are, they are addicted. You know the way you use your phone? That's what sin is. You can, with every use, you gain more addiction. You know what I mean? It's like, what, what you are the one. It's like, when you look, look at this phone now. See this, see this Apple logo? I want to ask you a question. Are you using Apple or Apple using you? <laughs> but you have it in your pocket, right? And they make sure it must fit into your pocket. It's a, it's a pocket size. Just imagine a man's killer. He's just it's inside his pocket. He's walking around with it. <laughs> this is what's killing a whole generation, right? A whole generation is just we are just going. You know what I mean? We are just we are just full speed highway. And what's killing us is inside our pocket, oh, yeah. carrying it around. <laughs> 
Everything you want think of touching, but there is a way. There is a way to use things. There is a higher anointing. There is a higher anointing. For you ought to come to learn of the anointed one who teaches you all things, who comes from a place of high understanding. For there is a way you use the things of this world that has no impact with you. But there is a way that the anointing of the things, if you are not guarded, will rub over your soul and they drive you and lead you to lake. To lake, even to lake where the enemy dwells and is going to. So be careful. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. I say guard your heart. Asote, align, align, and hear the voice of the anointed one who teaches you all things, who teaches you even how to evade seduction, how to evade the enemy, who can make you slippery, a taker, partake of his anointing, and you'll be taught, you'll be taught, you'll be taught how to evade the anointing of the, of the, of the anointed evil one. So partake of my anointing, partake of my anointing, and you will evade seduction. You will not just evade it, you will overcome it. You will overcome it. So partake of my anointing. Partake of my anointing. Guard your heart. Guard it with all diligence. Be fierce to guard in your heart. Be fierce. Be fierce. Be fierce in the garden of your heart. Be ruthless. Be ruthless in the garden of your heart. Because lest you know it, the enemy sneaks in. He sneaks into the heart. He comes in by the window. He doesn't come by the door. He is a thief. He comes to steal. He comes to kill and all he wants to do is destroy and he has the anointing for that but I have a much more anointing for you to have life but all we do is we're knocking at the door of your heart open the door of your heart to me and I will give you my anointing Amen. that you will touch not the unclean thing Amen. says the Lord Jesus hallelujah glory to Jesus amen, amen. praise God hallelujah I love how they call these things devices. It's just a device. It's a device. Right? It's a natural, physical thing, but physical things came from spirit. Men get wisdom. 
from in terms of when it comes to technology. Technology is a realm of, realm of spirits because man, uh, spirits are the ones who give ideas to men. Sometimes the Lord can bring his idea by the Spirit of God, can bring creativity for technology. Sometimes, a lot of the time, spirits, the devil, and his, his spirits can also bring idea forward of creativity. Praise God. So you see that what kills men are the things men use. Right? The, things, the thing with use is that use creates dependency. It's a wisdom. It's actually, you know, man doesn't know himself, but spirits know men. Do you get that? Man doesn't know himself, but what? Spirit knows, spirit knows that the way to get a man is not to tell the man, come and serve me. It's to serve the man. When you serve the man, and the man is using you, then that's the way to tie him. He becomes dependent on you. He becomes dependent. When you, that's, why, that's why you can, anytime you are using anything, you are, you are playing a commitment game, even though you might not know it. So it means that as a Christian, you should only, you must learn through the spirit, the wisdom of how to use with power. What I mean is that you have to know how to use things with power. What does it, what does it mean to use things with power? To use things without commitment to them. Are you seeing that? So do what? Use things without what? Without the, what, and that word for commitment means dependency. You depend on it to depend. Like just check how Jesus was using things. That's how you know, right? Because Jesus also knew the secret of things. God will not depend. But when he wants to use something, he can get it. But he doesn't depend on them. One thing Jesus was careful was having things. He was careful with having things, and he preached against having things. He didn't say don't have anything, but there is a, he said there's a way you should have things. You get what I'm saying? And one of the, the sense Jesus actually gave is, is this is actually a, re, a redeemed way of reasoning, or a redeemed way of thinking, is that you don't need to have things to use them. Do you know that? That the availability of things being used, God doesn't depend on you having them. God likes you being in a position where you can use things that you don't have. That's why, that's why a lot, the brethren life, all those things, there's a lot God has done with that. Sometimes when God wants to bless you with a car, he won't bless you, he will bless your brother. You are the one he wants to bless, that needs a car. God wants you to have a car. Do you understand? I'm telling you, this is the honest truth. This is the honest truth. This is how God behaves. You need a car. You're so desperate. And God sees that need. He won't bless you. He will bless your what? So that he who has the need is not he who will have it. Who will have it. <laughs> but it will be available for use. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> 
And God likes that kind of thing. He says, they evaluate need of brethren in a collective fashion. Do brethren need a car, so they will give one. They will even give who the least person who you feel shouldn't have it. That's the one they will give. <laughs> God is like that. That will tell you that God is not against using stuff, He's, but they are careful about ownership. Because the evil is, in the, is when you take ownership of, of it. And Satan wants you to own, wants to, you to own him. He says his desire shall be after you, or something like that. So that ownership is that affinity. Jesus, Jesus didn't own a, he didn't own a donkey. But the time needed, donkey was needed. And he said, Go and bring it, it's there. Say, if they catch us, what should we do? Say, tell them the Lord has need of it. That language is a is an Adamic language. When, when you tell them the Lord has need of it, it would, their, this, the, their depth will understand somehow. This is, you understand what I mean? We can't hold what the Lord has need of. And that is not, it's not covetousness. It's not, it's not that Jesus went to go and steal. I saw something. So. <laughs> I forget the exact language, but somebody on Facebook was. <laughs> Amen. Was it Facebook? Somewhere. I saw it somewhere. A meme. Someone was talking about Jesus, and someone just said, shut up. Is that with Jesus? Not that guy who organized a band of 12 thousand to go and steal donkeys. So he was trying to prove that Jesus was a... And the disciples were his what? His, his gang. People are crazy, eh? Mom. But anyway, that, that's not, that was not covetousness. But Jesus, it seems like you don't, don't do that. You know? Don't. Amen. Don't go and visit your brother. Maybe his last, his last noodles or something. You say that there. <laughs> My brother has need of it. <laughs> By the spirit. And you will speak tongues first before you say it so that it will sound spiritual. So they won't be able to resist you. Be careful with such things. That one is, that one is very clear. They call it covetousness in the Bible. Don't covet. But Jesus wasn't covetous. He just, Jesus just knew that that one is the one God wants me to ride on. Uh-huh. That was all of Jesus' life. To pay tax, need, something will produce it. He told them, go to the place where there's a fish that knows I need to pay tax. That has a coin in his mouth. Go and bring it. Those are, I see those Adamic behavior. There's, we have multitude to feed, no bread. I get what I'm saying. means they didn't have. They, they, they check the pulse. It's the only amount of money there. Jesus said it's not by power of having. There's something called power of supply. That one is, is, is safe because it has to do with dependence on heaven. 
that's what men, men have been trying to break dependence on heaven. Let's make everything okay. God said, no, I will fight you. I will fight you. If God wants to help a nation, God will make that nation things not to be working in that nation. It's to safeguard the link with heaven. You know some of our nations, I won't mention any nation, but some nations where things don't work. You wonder what's happening, but you don't know what's happening. Go and check other nations that don't have such things. They have gone. They've severe link to heaven. They don't imagine a, a whole nation. Heaven is waiting for cry, sound from a country. Very few people, and they are not hearing sound. They are not. Nobody is even concerned. Is there heaven? You can imagine this kind of place we live in. Sensitivity to the sp- things of the spirit. If you are not careful, you will forget there is a realm of the spirit. Yes, sir. And there are some people who have come this way, they've here, they've actually forgotten that there's a realm of the spirit. All they know is walk, grocery store, you know what I mean, bank. Right? Bank. Yes, sir. Credit card and gym. Right? (laughs) Right? Cut off, imagine. Life will just be going on, cut off from the realm. When you come and talk about spiritual, ah, they look at you, you look spooky. Why are you spooky? Why are you talking about that? What's wrong with you? You understand? Huh? Where are you from? We need, we need to civilize you, man. We need to wash your brain and we need to teach you. So don't talk about such things here. Are you seeing that? It's too. So it means that that is a curse. Right, it means that's Satan's job to weaken the nations. He who did weaken the nations. But God wants to cut him down to the ground. Thou art falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Thou art cut down to the ground. Thou did which did. How do you make a, a nation weak? Let them fall below blessing. Let them not have any connection to the place where blessing comes from. Are you seeing that? That's the devil for you. So some nations, where they, they'll make sure you do everything, but some things are not okay like that. It's, because, it's not that God wants it to be like that forever. God can want it to be like that until the link to heaven is secure. And you know, a link to heaven in a nation can be secure. Do you know that? It's clear that this part of the world had heaven. Heaven was open over this nation, Canada, U.S., Western world, at some point before. But it wasn't open in a secure way. Because it wasn't open with an ever power. It wasn't open by a continuing power. There is a way that access can, be, can continue. Access can be secure. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? And when God is talking about securing access, it's not for one generation. No. God can be thinking of generations to come. But it's a generation that would download everlasting life. When they die, it's very, it's very difficult, very, very difficult for a family. The husband has entered the most holy. The wife has entered the most holy. And they have children, and the children will not end up in the most holy. 
is virtually impossible because that's the purpose of marriage. And the children can be entering the most holy. It's not, be, it's not by every day morning prayer, by force. You know, when you want to bulldoze Christ into your child, you better start by force. That method has been tried before. But that method does not work. Have you ever heard the word boomerang before? What's boomerang? When you try to force Christ too much, the, 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 the child has a, a, a sounding board on the inside that can bounce Christ back to you. It's not by that. You can't break into the heart by force. Because there are ways in the heart. Access ways. You, want, you must be able to follow ways and follow ways and follow ways. You went in a hit a highway inside the heart. When you follow the highway, you will land at a door in the heart. There's a door in the heart that leads to a seat of authority. But to find there is no, it's not by Bible study. It's by a profession of ways. Wayfaring people. Do you know that the law of training children is according to way? It's not train up a child by the Bible study that they should go. Or by the meetings they should go. Or by the amount of church service they should go. It's in the way they should go. Children can rebel against anything. Teach them Bible. They will, they will, just look, they will, do, they will do what you oh, they, will, they know how to cooperate. After that, you know how you did it when you were a child. <laughs> when daddy and mommy, they are coming with the big Bible. Hey, God. Hey. I remember morning devotion sometimes. Hey, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you begin to ask a manner of questions. Why devotion? Why morning? <laughs> you understand what I mean? And it's an anointing to make sleep very sweet. <laughs> you, know, you know the last part, the, the most annoying part? When, you know sometimes you plan, you want to go and you will continue to sleep when you get to, and then dad will not say, um, call your name. Lead, read a, can you raise a chorus? <laughs> 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 so children are actually raised to, to resist such method. But let me tell you something. No child can resist a way. It is not in children to resist ways. It is not in children. And if you don't bring a way of the Lord to them, somebody else has a way ready for them. And let me tell you something. If your child sees a way, that Satan brings. He doesn't have anything to resist it. Children are not built to resist ways. A child cannot have. Only, it's just that you must bring another way that will be fighting against the way the Satan is bringing. Let the ways fight each other. 
Then whichever way it wins, the, the child will follow. Your child is going to school. They are, are seeing ways. When they come home, the ways at home, the child will just wait. You guys should fight. Whichever one win, I will go. Ways versus ways. I'm making wars. Are you get what I'm trying to say? So the, the training is according to the way. In the way he should go. Train up a child in the way, and when he is old, you say what? He will not what? He said, when he's in the world, he will not depart. He's talking about the power of ways. Ways are strong. Many of us, the, to learn the way of the Lord now and when you are old, yeah, preachers to suffer everything. Why? Because another way that is difficult to depart from, from when you are old has been what programmed on the inside, but we thank God that God grace, like the prophecy is saying, yes. we, I'm talking about this, what you call ways of escape. Yes, you, you can escape from ways to, of destruction into the paths of life, into the ways of life. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So you see that thing about, I was talking about having things, right, that Jesus, check Jesus' message. He, was, he kept nailing at that, hitting at that thing. Matthew chapter 6, dealing with the evil eye, all of those things. Take no thought for your life. What you will eat, what you will do. Say, but your father knows you have need. He knows. So he is, the father is a needs. He has what they call need consciousness. There's one part of the, uh, the father's brain that's fully devoted to the needs of every, every child of God. Yeah, doesn't matter how tiny needs of your flesh, of your body, of your soul, of your soul. when it comes to needs, any need shall supply what my God shall supply all your need according to His riches, glory in Christ Jesus. So He has His mind. Do you know why? Because they can't trust you with need. That if we Right? Leave everything about man's needs to him. He will go and make a bargain with his enemy. Because his enemy will bring a way of an answer for his needs. So God now says, I won't trust you. Let me deal with your needs. But you, there's something you should seek. You seek something. You have a job. Seek something. And the program of need supply that the enemy has is against what you should be seeking. Do you get what I'm saying? It's against what you should be seeking. In fact, the whole idea of needs came, is a, is a construct against the kingdom. The whole concept of men needing things. You know, there are a lot of things that are needs of men now. Now, I want, I want to uh, watch this. Watch this. Why is it that when sin came, the effect of sin wasn't only that Adam didn't like praying anymore. And nothing else. You know, why is that? Because of sin, other things like sickness, disease, not having food, all the problems we solve. Why, what does sin, what does Satan have to do with that? Do you understand what I mean? 
Why go into the earth and rearrange it? <laughs> you think it has nothing to do with it? It does, man. It does. It's to create a whole world of needs for man. Because it's by that you, you, you introduce the feeling of insecurity, insufficiency. Because all of those things create context for him to offer himself to serve you. Do you see that? All the problems in the world are the framework that sin uses to offer itself to men. You are seeing wisdom. That's just wisdom. That one is without the wicked one. Right? That wicked one, how he does his things is that he must, once, once you're able to create need around the person, hey, Kai, when you can create need around the person, that's a dangerous time. When you are most in danger is when you are in need of something. You are, you are in great danger. Once you are able to identify a need somehow in your life, be it emotional, physical, psychological, mental, financial, any kind of need, once you, you perceive a need, just know that you are in a moment of temptation. Moment of temptation. When they went to expose Satan to Jesus, they told him, stop eating for 40 days. <laughs> Do you get the designer? Before you go into ministry, you must have a conversation with this guy so you can know him. You know what he's about. It was arrangement of heaven. The Bible says he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But they must make him hungry first. Otherwise, it won't work. There's a kind of situation a man will be in that Satan can't resist but come to that man. There's, a, there's a, a point when he comes to tempt. He will first of all create the environment, first of all, to put you in a kind of situation. And when you are there, he now begins to come and begin to talk to you. Because you are in a place of need. Right? That was when he came to, they had to create that around Jesus. Where he would desperately, because of the hunger of his natural, the out, they must subject the outward man to a season of necessity. When you do that, when that happens, you create the environment for temptation. Are you seeing that? That's how you set up temptation moment. Satan then came to him and then began to, to offer things to Satan. Do you see that? Now who came? They describe him as the prince of this world. Comet. Now the other prince of the power of the air is the same one. The prince of this world. But he, said, but he found nothing in me. Do you know who the devil was looking for in Jesus? He was looking for himself in Jesus. Because when Satan comes to talk to you, he's not talking to you. He's himself in you. That does bargain. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? He, he was coming to check. Because he knows he, he has surveyed all men. No man is free of my things. Is it possible? Is it possible? I have never gotten to a man before. 
and not found my things in him. Except maybe some strange men like Job. Those are, those are anomalies, you understand? <laughs> We're just talking about normal guys. <laughs> not, not like Job. <laughs> but among normal guys, you know what I mean? He has, that has never happened. You know, even Job's time, Satan was boasting. He was boasting, forget about it. Man, let me just touch the around Job. Just, you know, and God went to prove to him. So God said, let's set the stage for you. I know the stage where you come. So let me give you the uh, hand. Go and set the stage for yourself. They began to tamper with his life. Create necessities. <laughs> Are you seeing what I'm saying? That's, Satan is always like that. That's how he is. So whenever you see you are going through a difficult time, be careful. It's not about that thing. Be wise. Be wise. It's not about I'm suffering now. You don't, it's not about that. Then Satan now came and, and now poured anointing on his wife. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. You know, you know the wife is that one can talk because she has been in times of good, in times of she can speak language to him. This your God, his God. I was talking to him about his God. This is your God. Now, when people have God, is this the type of thing? <laughs> you understand? Are you, why is your own having God different from God? <laughs> Are you the first man to have God before? Does thou still retain thine integrity, cause God and die? So that will tell you that this is the real temptation of Job. You see that? This is the real. All those things they did was this thing for him to do this in his heart. In his heart. When you say cause God and I, is that we know your God is not interested in delivering you. But look at Job's answer. He said, but he said to her, thou speakest as one of these foolish women. Speak it. What? Shall we receive good? <laughs> at the hand of God. And shall we not receive evil? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought like this before? <laughs> Hmm? We were taught this kind of this kind of nature. God told said, "Have you considered my servant Job?" He said, "Who does good and eschews evil, hates evil." This are, so when you say somebody does good, this is a mind of a good man. The good man said, "If you receive good from God, won't you receive evil too? Have budget for evil." That's how you know guys who know God. Someone who doesn't know God only has budget for good. He doesn't have budget for evil. Job knows. The Lord gives and he takes. He kills and makes her life. He wounds and he heals. You can't don't take one side, it's a package. God is both salvation and is dangerous. 
He's very nice, but very severe. Are you seeing? Righteousness has accommodation for everything. If you can accommodate everything, when the side change, you will lose heart concerning God. One thing that you must do is that anything in your life that want to make you measure God by anything in the natural, how you are doing, how this is doing, my this one, my that one, forget about it. I'm telling you right now, it has no correlation. There's actually no correlation. God can be very much with you in your downest time, and he's very much there. He's ever-present in time of need. Even though say it will supply all your need, there sometimes it's not there to be supplied. It's just there to be present. You say, what kind of scripture is that? Have you ever seen that kind of thing before? You should say, God will bring all the need in time of need. You say, no, he's ever-present help. His help is presence. You say, God, is it not a time of need? You say, I'm here now. My help is presence. I'm an ever-present Ever. Ever. Get to that point with God. Amen. You need to get to a point where God is ever present with you. Ever present. Ever present. Say presence. Ever. Satan hates that with a passion. You, Satan doesn't want you to fall into that state. He doesn't want you to tamper with ever. Anything about that. Because you edge him out. You, you remove him. Imagine a man with, with whom God is ever present. It means that, imagine a man who always has help. When Satan wants to sneak and come through the back door and whisper, presence is there. When Satan talks, presence will sound. <laughs> do you understand what I'm trying to say? Presence will do what? Imagine Satan trying to tempt David. Concerned. You know David fell. Oh. There are areas David fell, but there are areas David can never fall. David can never fall. Bring a woman if he can fall. But talk about act, presence, temple. David becomes a madman. He's ready to kill. You understand what I mean? The Bible make, presented him that way to show you something. It's to show you about his heart. You're gonna, it doesn't mean he's not, he didn't have weakness. But talking concerning his, how his heart is, his attitude towards that thing. That's why he got to a point, because of his kind of heart, he didn't realize that I'm in trouble with God. God is following me everywhere. <laughs> he realized that. Maybe sometimes he, he feel like sneaking away. But the love for God's throne and God's house has tied God to him. It's called, even if I go and make my bed in hell, you, you will follow me. Where can I run from you? Tell somebody, you need tie. Tie. It is something called tie. Joining. You need a tie with God. <laughs> when you see men who have tie with God, they can look like non-entities. But don't joke with them, oh. If they wake up on the wrong side of the bed, heaven, I will shift. Something is happening to him. What's happening to him? What's going 
There are ways you can make ties with God. When you, your heart begins to shift near his matter, they begin to discuss, somebody's coming near this place, so people don't go near this area at all, but somebody is, is stubbornly coming. <laughs> Imagine your own kind of generation where everybody's living, internet, everything, distraction, all of that, money, prosperity, ambition, everybody. You, just, you are just sitting down hearing about throne, heaven, ever. Heaven, they are wondering what is going on. Can it be true? Imagine angels. You know, angels, they don't see such things. They themselves, they, made, they were made a certain way. They didn't need to grow. But can you imagine how heaven is wondering how God is having mercy on a certain few? There are not many on the earth. Well, see, they, will, they will discuss how are they continuing? We've seen all centuries of men. You know, by the time they read the Bible, when they get to Paul, they close it. And go back to Old Testament. <laughs> How is it happening? They're understanding Paul. Though. They're understanding Paul. In fact, they're not even understanding John. At some point, they would, the angel would be like, we know, we know. I mean, we understand this thing, you know, the Bible precept, the Holy Spirit is helping them. But can, this, can they ever understand anything about ways, spirit? How, how would they even get there? <laughs> that the real matter. How would they get there? Do you understand what I mean? If you know how God, where God, how they kept their things. Because of, it's so difficult to access because of everything that has been, man has been surrounded with by the enemy, that to the enemy is a guarantee, right? Ashes to dust, to ashes, dust to dust. A man will do everything to save his life. We know men. We know what they will go after. After some time, they will close the Bible. We all know, we know how they will go. It's a guarantee. But thank God for Jesus. He came to Jesus, said he found nothing in him. You know, when that happened, Satan went and to go and think. Again, he went to go and think again that I'm in trouble. Imagine if many like this begin to arise on the earth. What would be of us? And what would be of our things in men? Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. No, I'm just teaching about the dominion of. I'm contrasting dominions in the spirit. What dominion offered itself to you as what? A servant. Use me. See, thou shalt rule over him. That was how he said it. That's the way of, of the spirit. Of Destruction. When a person being once is about to get destroyed, they begin to find utility in everything. Imaginations. The heart begins to imagine. It can use anything. Any, when he sees that thing, he sees how to use it. He can use that one. 
that one can be used. A sign of a soul that's in trouble, you see business plan in everything. That's how you know you are, you are in trouble, man. You need to go into spiritual rehab. I mean, you are, you are in serious trouble, you know what I mean? Don't come near any, don't, don't come, if you come to church, it will be a business plan. There will be a business plan. You can have business plan for this thing, this pulpit, everything, Bible, everything, everything to sell, everything, merchandise. It's a sign of the day. It's a spirit. It is seen. Seen is a generator of ideas. How to solve them. Seen will tell you, this is how you solve all the problems we created. We'll give you inventions on how to solve them. That thing possessed Cain. Cain could never be delivered from it. Do you see that? But God's own dominion is different. God is different. His dominion is simple. The dominion of God is don't seek to be served, but to serve. That's very simple. Don't seek to be served, but seek to serve. Why create the heart of service? The heart of service is a requirement for God's dominion. That's what took David to the throne. And that's what made them name God's throne after David. I found my servant, David. My servant. My servant. Why would why God is too nice, too good, too good? Why did God unveil service? As, you know, that's all, all is just teaching. Check right from the Genesis. All God is teaching is service. Can I get a nation that will serve me? Can I get people that will serve me? Right? He told him, Go to Egypt, tell Pharaoh, let my people be that they may come and do what? And serve me. It's all just looking for people to serve. Is it because God wants to just lord it over? No. God knows the secret. Is that if you serve me, I will be committed to you. Imagine that kind of a thing. So, for God to raise servant, he must use his power to create need in himself. That only man can fulfill. Is to create space for commitment. Do you see that need? For the Father seeketh such need. Do you understand that? That is John chapter 4. For the hour hath come, and now is, when true servants 
worshiper in servant, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For he had a need. He had what? The Father has a need. So, what's the difference between the eternal God and the everlasting God? The, the, everlast, the eternal God is the immanent God, endless, needless, the only potentate. He has no need of anything. You the, the simple difference is that the everlasting God is God with need. So, God has to bring a version of himself that has a need of something. A need of what? Worshippers. Worshippers. And it's not for a selfish reason. <laughs> Are you seeing that? It's not for a selfish reason. It's to commit himself. To bind himself. The way if Satan, you allow Satan to serve you, What will happen? You will gain commitment. You will give your commitment to them. It's the same kind of wisdom that God is what? That God is using. You know that God is also a servant too. All right? But where God serves, in the order of salvation, where God serves is not where you serve. Do you see that? Where God is a servant, in that place, you can never serve there. You don't even have what it takes to serve there. You are the one they are serving. In the spirit. But there is a real place where you will serve. Do you get what I'm saying? The place where what? Where you will serve. What do you serve with? You serve with what you have. The beginning point of initiation into service is you bring what you have. When you bring what you have, then you offer it. God will collect it. What do you have is your life. You serve God with your life. Bring your life. God will serve it. And he moves you into the spirit and serves you with his life. You get what I'm trying to say? This is the secret of, that's why when you are thinking of dominion, the throne, all of those things, God's throne, don't think of it as just God wanting to rule. No, no, it's a different thing altogether. It's very different. So those who will aspire to the throne of God who will come into God's dominion are people who what, are willing to offer up service to God. And, to, and you can't start serving God first. Too. They will have to train you with your brethren, people, train you with men. You must serve. serve them. You then graduate to a place where you can begin to serve, to serve God. Hallelujah. Through, through serving, offering, Giving, yielding. Seven is yielding. Say yielding. yielding. Say yielding. yielding. Yielding is the secret. It's the secret of dominion. Do you want to be powerful? Learn how to yield. 
through yielding, you gain access to what? Dominion in the spirit. When God wanted to, to bring his dominion to Israel, he created order of serving. Order of service. He created method where Israelites will be suffering loss constantly to, to retain his dominion. Are you seeing that? You know, they can't serve him directly. Let's raise a tribe that they will be serving. Israel will go and walk and everything. They will be serving the Levitical tribe. The Levites will collect what they want from Israel. The best, always the best. When you go and you summarize all your products in the year, get the best of them. You must bring it. Then do, do with what you want the rest. It's a sign that the nation is serving that tribe. You get what I'm saying? They serve the Levite collect. The priests also serve. You see, serving is a way of collecting. Is how does God want to collect from you? Are you seeing that? If you're not willing for God to, 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 for God to cheat you. That's one thing about this. They have all kinds of garrison against being cheated. We plan program things. Even friends who you allow into your circle, you will filter them. It must be. There are some guys, when they are coming, you just begin to shift. You know, this one, <laughs> if... <laughs> This is a, is a well loss to be suffered in this place. When he begins to open his bowels to receive. Yes, <laughs> some, some people, when they come there, you feel like they are going to swallow you and you won't survive. So you just take off. You understand what I mean? But God plans it that way. is to cheat you. To cheat you, but the things that what they want, they are cheating you from are the things that are killing you. Yes. But you will never give it off. So they must now use wisdom to plan it. When you are feeling you are being cheated, you know there's some cheating. You, some things that don't count. Ah, you can I leave it. But when you feel like your life is being cheated, God is near you. It means that God has touched you. God has touched you. When you feel like my, uh, you now feel like because of following God, my life is no longer complete. There's no, I've lost something. About uh, uh, everyone is smiling. Yeah, they, they, they will talk. We've collected something from this fellow. We have created an opportunity. God can never cheat you without without giving you the commensurate commitment. This is how God does it. I will take from you to give you me. I can only give you myself if I can cheat you from your things. Nobody, you won't find anybody who has God in a measure who hasn't suffered loss. It's the law of, the, of having God. You will lose things. Say, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Philippians chapter 3, that's Paul's language. Imagine Paul, almighty Paul, they dealt with him. God, God reduced him down. You want all things? Yeah, yeah, for the excellency of the knowledge. Yeah, okay, that's how we do it. You will suffer everything. I'm going to take everything from you and strip you naked. Then you will now become alone, standing, a yielded man. A yielded man. You have yielded. Now, when they are cheating you and you are yielding, you don't know what you are yielding to. It's called righteousness. 
Righteousness in God is how they collect your things from you. To be righteous is to allow yourself, submit to be cheated by God. Submit to God to take things from you. That's how they count a righteous man. Are you getting your real possession? Like that rich, rich young ruler. He came with his own dominion, which God, the world has given him to Jesus. Jesus now said, we have our own program. He said, I've kept the Lord. Leave that law. That's not, Lord didn't touch you. That's not, you are, you, you even, you are even happy saying you did it. It's a sign that you've not done anything. Let's touch what actually, what, then he went away, what? Sorrowful. I mean, he wasn't ready to receive, to tap into another kind of dominion, another kind of what? Another kind of power. I want to announce to you, not in a bad way, God wants to cheat you. Amen. That's just what I just feel to say to you today. If you ask me, what are we going to be doing the next couple of weeks? Is God cheating you? Yeah. Next few weeks, next, next year, school of the state, the next year, next few years, going, it won't stop. It will, they will continue. Yeah. You now feel, ah, oh, will they cheat me of everything? I say, yes. But when they've now took, taken everything, you now realize, I have God, oh. Yeah. I have God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that the throne is a place of dancing? Guys who have arrived at the throne, they can hardly sit. Because, because that, when they say oil of gladness, it's, just talking, it's not even that they will shock you to be glad. It's that they will move you into a realm that you bubble constantly. Because you, you will come to life at a state where every breath is what doing a somersault for. Do you know what it means to, when you say to a man, I have wiped your tears away? That's, <laughs> that's revelation. Wipe away their tears. You no longer have the ability to cry anymore because your soul can. Imagine, you know the tears that every soul is shedding. You see a big man with so much billions in his account, nice and looking, but when you look at his soul, soul is wailing, crying because the soul is dying. But Imagine you can take a man to a point where that soul, the tears of his soul, has been wiped away. Because you have given the soul, it's God. It's God. It's God. Gladness. They anointed him with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Oil of gladness. For thou hast loved righteousness, hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil. Even thy God has anointed thee with the oil of gladness. Anointed you. This anointing of God, oil, is not rubbing that they rub you and you can clean it away. It's when they put oil in something that can't clean. He's talking about the, when they anoint the soul with gladness. They anoint your soul with gladness. You, you, gladness is different from just joy. Gladness is talking is an ever state. Gladness. It's talking of an ever state of being. Gladness is a state of all contention. It's a state of all comfort. 
where you have no lack for anything, you have no desire for anything. You know what I'm saying? That thing is the is the God. When God has brought the comfort of Himself to His soul, that soul has no need for anything. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what God is calling you to. If your eye can see, say, I have not seen or heard what the Lord has prepared for them that love Him, them that love Him. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus is so passionate about this. Do you know why? Because He's there. Because He has been a man. He has seen the wretchedness of men. He has seen the depravity, everything that Satan has done. What he has, what he has, how he has spoiled men, stolen from men. He has seen the sadness, the sorrow, the wretchedness of humanity. And God sent him down so he can be a witness of that. He has seen it, but he has moved on to glory. And he says, sit down at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The place where Jesus is right now, Jesus himself has saw that my brethren will come. I'm not the one who will taste this oil at every soul. That's why when you see them being very, very particular in this path about things, you have to understand where Jesus is coming from. You, have to, you, have, you must wonder, what is it that this thing you want to give us, why are you so particular about it? It's because it is good. Because it is good and it's bent on your soul receiving goodness. Just begin to bless, bless the Lord. I'm just, just pray. Ask the Lord for grace to yield to him. Ask him for grace to yield your, your heart. Paul called it yielding to righteousness. I surrender it
know how to offer ourselves. But you can teach the great teacher of sacrifice, of offering. As we have, as we have yielded our members unto unrighteousness, you will help us to yield our members, to yield to righteousness, even unto holiness. As we have yielded to sin, unto even unto iniquity. But Lord, you will help us to yield to righteousness. You will help us, Father. That sin will no longer have dominion over us. It will no longer reign in our mortal bodies. But he said, we who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, that we shall reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, come and reign. Reign. Come and live in me as righteousness. As righteousness. Thank you, Father. Help us. Help our soul. We need help to fulfill that great command to seek the kingdom. To seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Said all other things will be added to us. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your name. Empower us afresh for this fresh season of seeking. This new season of seeking. Let the grace to seek, the grace to yield, the grace to yield. Let it rest upon every soul upon every heart. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory. We give all the praise. Just bless Jesus. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, our Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you so.